Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, David Russell. How are you doing, David? Welcome, all. Glad to be here. Good, good. Your microphone just got real quiet for some reason. Yes, because I'm not close enough, I guess. Okay, okay. You're just kind of leaning back, relaxing. Not sound card with uh, phantom power, even though I like the little controls I got here. I got, <laughs> I got gunshots. You know, I got slapping. So when you get out of line, yeah, okay. I got cheering when you do a good job. Even applause. And doing when you're wrong. And then that awkward time and don't have an answer. I see. <laughs> I see. Um, good uh let's lean on the applause switch uh often <laughs> so uh today we're kicking off a new series and uh this is going to be um it's hard to describe this one as a fun one the next series is gonna maybe be fun because that's the one on sex <laughs> that's coming up um it it won't be it won't be as horrible as you guys think okay <laughs> we're gonna have a serious discussion on sex uh and that'll that'll take a few weeks uh we've we'll be we'll be dealing with uh gender issues uh we'll be uh dealing with uh homosexuality uh so same-sex attraction we'll be dealing with uh sex in and out of marriage um uh so uh, we've got a special, at least one special guest lined up to uh, participate uh, in that one, who uh, I'll keep a secret for now because I can't actually remember who they are. Uh, but that's um, that's uh, that's coming. It's going to be a good. Uh, oh. I, I see. That was not the applause button, my friend. Um, so I that's coming up. The name of your guest. That's that's coming up. Um, this uh. series, though. We will be talking about killing, uh, a time to kill. Uh, this comes from a biblical passage in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter three, uh, the first few verses, uh, but inside of chapter three, uh, you can find an allusion to a time to kill. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to bypass my general uh, opening statement for this, for the sake of time. And I want to just kind of jump right into a little bit of discussion. Uh, I did uh, make a write-up. It's on the board. Uh, you can find it. You can read it. You can comment to it. It's skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com, skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. And you can send me an email. I read them all, skepticsandseekers at gmail.com now this uh this is a series will uh be going on for at least three and possibly four weeks and so if you have something to say between now and the time the series is over uh go ahead and put it in the comments or uh leave an email and we will uh get to it if you'd like to actually be on the show for a few minutes um to talk about something or respond to something that you heard us say you know i can make that happen uh, so again, send it, send an email skepticsandseekers 
at gmail.com. Uh, Killing. Uh, Russell, there's a lot that I don't understand uh, about this subject, and there's a lot that I don't understand about the Christian position, and uh, there's a lot that I don't understand about the atheist position, for that matter, because there is no atheist position, as near as I can tell. Uh, there's just a lot of opinions uh, that seem to be all over the map, and I want to see if we can try to make sense of some of them. So the first place I would like to start um, is actually not in the write-up. Uh, I think that we will get to some of that. The first place I'd like to start is just figuring out some of the places where I think in this series we're going to have trouble and see if I can um, spot some of the issues ahead of time uh, so that we don't get too bogged down in definitional disputes and such, because I think this is one of those issues where when uh, uh, believers and non-believers talk, we are talking about different things. And uh, I don't think that we realize that right away. We're both making certain assumptions about the subject that the other is not making. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with some foundations, if that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I got an opening statement for you, but uh, okay, if you wanna, go ahead. want me to go with that, okay? Yeah, um, no, go ahead. All right, what is the Christian case on a time to kill? Are we supposed to be complete pacifists? Is there never supposed to be armed conflict when it comes to a to a child of God? It is a tough question. And a Baptist hold to a strict teaching of nonviolence, like my friend Titus, who's been on the show. While Protestants and Catholics believe there is justification for war and violence. Personally, I find the notion of killing sickening. As Christians, we are taught that all life is sacred and intrinsically valuable. When it comes to my job, though, I may be in a position to afflict a violent action that leads to someone's death. This has also brought me a great or, or great insight on how I look at this. In my position, we are never taught to actually kill. This should be the mindset we all have. It is the only mindset you can take to a courtroom. In situations that call for force, no matter where on the continuum, one is called to stop a threat by the least amount of force possible. If you're in a situation that you fear for your life or that of others and need to use deadly force, you're still obligated to use the least amount of force possible. This means if I discharge my firearm in the line of duty, I am ju only justified if I use that least amount of force. For example, when I charge my firearm and, and the and subdue the attacker with one round, it, it would be murder for me to finish him off. Uh, however, if the unfortunate event occurs and the person dies, they died due to the blood loss. I inflict that bodily harm. However, it is justified because I had no intent to cause physical death. I see this, I, I see this in scripture. Jesus says to turn the other cheek. However, I think this needs to be taken in the right context. I think he is addressing prideful challenges and insults. This has long been settled amongst Christians, except for a few sects that I know of. Um, I don't think he's talking about protection and self-defense, though. I also think a Christian can serve in a public capacity as a peace officer. We must render to Caesar as well as to God, meaning that we are still part of this world 
and need to be ready to participate in the world God has placed us in. Yes, we are of his kingdom too. However, this kingdom is not uh, his kingdom is not of this world right now, as as he says. If we are to obey our government, we need to participate in it because that's what most governments request. Now, when a government goes too far, then that gives the Christian room to resist. If a government violates or tries to make you violate God's law, then your first loyalty is to God. That is my positive case. But now I must turn to David's blog. David does a great job at setting up the issue. Before today, I didn't even know that he had had uh, uh, unsurety about it. But things get kind of haywire when he begins his tirade on Christianity. He begins with the disagreement over the sanctity of life. He doesn't believe it is anything special, nor does it have any intrinsic value. Yet David claimed he values his own life, and at the same time recognizing it has no actual value. Maybe that's part of the thing we're speaking past each other on. See, I think he's already in a bind, though, and can't truly live as if there is no such thing as value to human life. But more on this in a bit. He goes on to claim that Christians live in a fantasy world. And for a skeptic, he is very anti-theistic. I find this challenging because unlike a skeptic, David does the same thing he accuses Christians of by making positive claims without backing it up. He goes on to say we should be ridiculed and dismissed and dismisses our philosophy of life or worldview out of hand. It really makes me wonder why we should carry this conversation at all or carry on with it. It is to me, it's circular at best. And this is all I can think of when I read his blog. You can't be taken seriously. Why? Because your worldview disqualifies you. Therefore, you cannot be taken seriously. He goes on to try to demonstrate it by using the Bible. Yet, just because you dislike a certain outlook doesn't mean the Bible's fantasy. You have to actually demonstrate it is the case that it is fantasy instead of relying on hubris alone. For someone that wants tolerance for others' views, and with a paragraph like that, I feel I fail to see the tolerance from David. The scripture he uses is from the Psalms, and it doesn't even follow to help him make his point. Just because a person agrees with original sin and God's foreknowledge doesn't mean their views are, are fantasy-based, nor that one can't have a scientific argument on when life begins. So if anything, this verse, I think, corroborates when life begins um, due to the just basic embryology. If the Christian notion of value and the sanctity of life is so fantastical or fantastical, you might as well dismiss any philosophy of life constructed that claims humans have value. Off all the philosophers that claim equality and human value should actually be dismissed as well. You should even begin to be skeptical of your own self-value, considering it is illusory. If so, David is, if, if David's correct, we are all suffering some sort of delusion. Then, then we have to consider David's scientism. Why is his particular philosophy of life or verification so much better than a theist? In the next section, he takes on Deuteronomy and tells us that it informs the Christian mind. But clearly, Jesus didn't command this. And, 
and this only applies to that time and region. It applies to Israel. Idolatry was a capital offense back then, and sin is to be dealt with, sometimes harshly. God would not tolerate family leading family into the same sin that he cast out the Canaanites for. David wants to highlight how the people of God were supposed to suppress their humanity in carrying out this humane act. The problem is, on a view other than a one that claims intrinsic value, David has no basis to claim that this is inhumane. Remember, there's nothing special about life, and he only values his own life, and probably his wife's. I would hope so. Otherwise, he'd be sleeping on the couch. But <laughs> um, No, I, I think killing uh, is killing people inhumane. I don't think so. Is it foreign to man? I don't think so. We can go by country, by country, if you want, in the 20th century alone and see killing, murder, and all sorts of evil are completely human. Also, take a look at our entertainment. We have whole genres dedicated to gore and slasher films. We have a sick fascination for it. And just look at the video games too, how they glorify violence. Only a worldview with humanity having some intrinsic worth can lay a foundation strong enough to condemn the evil humanity afflicts upon itself. Finally, David goes on to euthanasia and suicide. All I can say at this point is I much rather have someone that believes humans have intrinsic value making laws than someone who doesn't think people have any real value at all. Euthanasia, the Christian believes that human life is special, and yes, that God owns it. We don't live for ourselves alone. We cherish life. We also know that when you legalize euthanasia, it can go to the extreme. So with that, I would say on suicide alone that I do believe that there are medical conditions that inhibit rational function. And people can commit suicide, and it's not a condemnable offense. It's not the unpardonable uh, sin. So with that said, David, I'll kick it back to you, and you can start heading into any specific area that you would like to cover more in depth on. Okay. Um, thank you for the uh, statement. Well said. Good job. Um, I, I disagree on some parts of it. I, I know this is going to come as a shock to you and the audience, um, but... Uh, I think that's um, I think that's a good starting point. So let's um, let's let's just start uh, with some foundational stuff. Uh, this is this is not the most interesting stuff, but it might be more interesting than than we first think. Um, my first question is about the prohibition in the Bible to not kill. Um, thou, thou shalt not kill. What is being prohibited um, in that passage exactly? From what I remember uh, from my studies on killing is murder, a malicious uh, act of murder. So yeah, like a, a capital crime, planning somebody's death and then going about it. It's not like uh, you know, you're driving down the car and a person runs out in front of you and you kill them by accident. It's not, it's, it's definitely has to do with murder. And I think we, understand okay. So it's, it's intentional premeditated killing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, malicious killing. I mean, okay. So how is that different from war? 
war? How is it different from war? Well, yes. I mean, the states, this, we're not supposed to be, uh, well, the states are in charge of that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that would apply. I mean, Christians themselves aren't the ones that are actually going to war, at least from my, what they shouldn't be from my point of view. Okay, but you said uh, it was okay for them war, to be. I think all wars is, should be fought as a defensive war, and I laid out uh, what I think killing, uh, you know, what what should be used in acts of defense and stuff. Aggression, uh, aggressive wars, political wars. I don't think they're just at all. Okay, so you don't think any war is just? Defensive wars are. So I do hold to an Augustinian view of, of just war, uh, not totally because I have my own nuances for it. But I do think that there is a uh, point where a nation can can defend itself and, and fight, whether that means they have to go on some sort of offensive to do it. That's that's a whole nother story. They have to be truly justified to to do it, you know. I see. So if it's an offensive war, that would fall into the category of thou shalt not kill, in your opinion? Uh, a type of offensive war. So if, it, in my opinion, I think like if someone comes over and bombs you, uh, like like in Japan, at that point, I think we were uh, justified in beating that future threat from coming back at us. So I think we had had the right at that point to go to war. Okay, so it sounds like you're categorizing some offensive wars as self-defense, yes, first absolutely. strike type war. Okay, do you believe that all of the wars uh, in the Bible that it seemed that God and his people were uh, behind, you believe all of those were defensive wars in the category that you just laid out? Okay. Uh, let me think. I think that they were judgment. Some of it was judgment, but a lot of it was driving out and so forth. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think, I think going to war, like God sending Israel to war was also judgment on the Canaanites. So I don't consider that just random murder or anything like that. I would categorize I it a little differently. So that feels like you've carved out a special exemption for God here, which I got a feeling is going to be a theme for a no, lot of what happens in the next following week. Well, you know, because exemption. the exemption that I see is that, well, it's God's judgment on those people. Yeah, so it's there. okay to do, it's not really war when you, when you think of it like that. It's just yeah. God handing out punishment. Um, not just, not just. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's other stuff involved. I mean, what goes on in Canaan is, is very, very, very complex there's a lot of stuff going on there that covers a, a, a pretty wide span of years and commands and so forth i think the conquest i think the conquest is a uh hagiographic hyperbolic account of a justified expulsion of evil uh uh of evil canaanites from the land uh the, I, I wrote this down so i didn't forget the story yeah. is related via unnerving depictions of god as a warrior by ancient warlike people uh with the advent uh, of the incarnation in Jesus, the violent portraits of God are cast in a different light. The future of the people of God are no longer tied to the earth. So I, I think there's difference. I think there's uh, like a lot to that. So 
we would have to break down every single detail on that if we really wanted a, a full view of that, which well, I don't think I, we were, I, 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 I understood all of the words, but I don't understand them together. So uh, help me make sense of it. Where, was the expulsion of Canaan and the killing that God told his people to do, was that uh, justified or not? Well, according to, to God, if, if they are at the point where they're so depraved that he executes judgment, on them absolutely it's justified okay and that that then you would say it wasn't war at all it was it was a conquest okay why is conquest okay when god does it and it's not okay when the spaniards do it um because the spaniards weren't ordered by god (laughs) okay then that's so so that's what i mean it sounds like that's that's what we call special pleading right that's that's a special exemption god god is is the one that is the judge over humanity so in the according to the christian worldview god does judge whether he judges you today or he okay, judges well, you tomorrow i don't i don't actually believe in your god and i don't and i don't That's live fine. in the christian worldview and so i don't see the difference between the hebrews uh taking out judgment and the spaniards taking out judgment i don't see the difference between one could conquistador and another and the okay. only difference that you can give me is that well with the hebrews god told them to and with the Spaniards, and God he actually didn't tell him led to. them, and he actually led them. Yeah, he actually went out before them. As a matter of fact, I, I think the it's the people that stayed behind that they went to war with. You know, I mean, a lot of people have had already abandoned that area. I mean, you just sure. see that through through history. I mean, God told them they got plenty of warning to leave. The people that wanted to well, leave, the, yeah, and there's the warning to leave. This was this was tons, still. Yeah, but you got to realize, like, if stuff gets so evil, I mean, we had to invade Germany at some point. I mean, Hitler was a maniac. Right. Okay? And so, so that at, was at just point, right. Absolutely. It was just. Was that God carrying out uh, justice or was that us? That was us, I think. And you think and that I was think, okay? I, I don't know. I don't know if that. And yeah, I don't I know the. Di- I don't know invading. the difference between what you think a just war is and what isn't because if because it's, I if think it's God a, was with. I I think God actually was with them. Okay, so as long as you think God is with no, a not conquering think. force, I think He was actually there. Like if God well, but, showed up, and but I don't. There. So it is and a matter fine. of think. You can't prove it. Yeah. So well, as yeah, long as and, but but you see, I'm not trying to to, to prove it to you, David. Right. I'm so trying I'm just to trying tell to, you the justification of and I'm why trying to I understand. think it's, it's true. I'm trying to understand your justification. As long as you think God is with the army, then it's a just war. Is that if, is that if correct? If God is actually with the army, leading the army, absolutely, it's a just war. Obviously. Okay. Well, yeah. I think that if sin uh, is real. That, if sin is real and stuff like that, and and evil is a real thing, and he decides, hey, look, I'm all good, and and this is time for this stuff to be judged and stopped, then yeah. And the problem is, is like. You know, people often, you know, cry about God not doing nothing, God not stepping in to stop this evil. And then yet when he does step in and stop the evil, they complain about that, too. So it's like a, a, a lose lose for the Christian anytime. So. Right. So I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that. That was question one. That was supposed to be the, the easiest uh, question. Two is very similar. So we could probably uh, skirt past it pretty quickly. I, I think that we both made our points and we'll let the audience decide. Uh, question two is um, when in Ecclesiastes 3.3, when uh, uh, the um, poet says uh, there's a time to kill, what is being permitted there? So uh, the first question was what is being forbidden when it says thou shalt not kill? And now I want to know what's being permitted when it says it's okay to kill. 
yeah, I have no idea on that. On that, I have no idea what the poet was getting at there. I have no idea what what his intent was. I don't think it was something that uh, it's obviously poetry. So I, I I don't know if he's saying, hey, there's there's a time where there's going to be fighting and war and and so forth, or there's a time you're going to have to defend yourself. So I, I just don't know what he was getting at. So it would have been really really helpful if in either one of these spots, the ones who wrote this down actually. Uh, appended what they were talking about because even then there were all kinds of nuances and meanings and ideas yeah. about killing well, so you know, thou should I thou should not kill should have included what he was talking about and a time to kill should have included what he was talking about because yeah. frankly i don't know yeah but you know there's a lot of nuances and, and crazy things when poetry I, i'm not going to stop and explain to you what i mean when i when i write a poem you know that kind of ruins the whole thing <laughs> you know I, I don't i don't think that's the intent of the poem so yeah but i i hear what you're saying and i sympathize don't don't get me wrong i mean yeah I'd like some clear direction on that specific verse but what would i i don't think it would be conducive to mess up the poem that way to, okay to well it. okay um so my third question is kind of moot then um because it's already been expressed but it's how can we tell the difference when it's time to kill and when it's not time to kill what killing we can do and what killing we can't do i mean if we're if we're trying by the way i don't really care what the bible has to say about anything i my life is not ruled by um you know, mud brick makers uh, and their opinions on life. But that that that's said, that's kind of an ad hominem. I'm not going to let you be anti-Semitic it, that way. It, You're talking about ancient Jews as mud builders. Come on, man. I'm not going to let that stand on the show. <laughs> you uh, you have the uh, David. <laughs> Johnson polemic seal of approval. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I will simply let you uh, let you have that. Um, but uh, point still stands. I have no idea, even looking at their literature, how to tell the difference between when it's a time to kill and when you can't kill. Um, I, I, there's there's nothing in the text, and I've read all of the text that helps me distinguish the difference. And I think that this is one of the challenges with the Christian who wants to point to the Bible for their authority on killing and not killing is that the Bible is all over the map uh, on that. And so I can I can distill it down to thou should not kill. Oh, but there's a time to kill. And and that's a, a, a oversimplification. But when you unravel it, it still doesn't get any less confusing. Uh, it gets more confusing. And so I don't think so, but that's just me. You, I mean, I, I think it's kind of clear. Well, the fact that many Christians disagree with you strongly about your ideas on killing tell me that it's not very clear cut. Well, you don't need that, me to disagree that, with you. Either that or one of us just got it wrong or, or a bunch of them got it wrong or whatever. Sure, but I mean, if everyone's getting it wrong, then it can't be that clear. It can be. It can really? be. I mean, just just then the people getting just, it wrong. Are they just look, stupid? Look, Look, you could read things wrong. I'm not going to say they're stupid. I mean, there, but there, there could be an issue that where someone's reading something, they're not reading it in context, they're not reading it uh, uh, correctly, or 
they are reading it correctly and and they're they're what they want to believe about the text happens i mean there's all sorts of reason i think you have to 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 take each one as it comes and deal with each person's view do as you, it comes do you think you're right about your views on killing i think i am yeah okay and so you're being honest to I'm to just the being text honest, yeah. i'm trying yeah, to be and and, and you think that uh, people what if who I got are it wrong, wrong are what not being honest and what if I got it wrong, though? I mean, I, I, I still leave that open to. No, I think they are. Okay. And there's nothing so about then it's not, not clear. <laughs> That's... I mean, but what is what do you want as clear? I mean, do you want like like a, a handwritten statement said, OK, this is what it should be and give you an exact verification okay. when people are reading the bible devotionally and they're and prayerfully and they are filled with the spirit and the spirit is helping them understand what they're reading and god uh knows their hearts and he wants to give them understanding and they come away with wildly different opinions well, he, that's unclear thing, so what i would what i would want is, is for this? people of faith yeah. to to have some agreement on yeah. what this means but how far is that divide i don't know i mean i've only met titus and and no, the Anabaptists, the Anabaptists that are that that have a sticking point here. Uh, oh, every no. other Protestant religion that I know, and I think the majority sees it this way. I don't think I'm the only one out there. I think there's oh, no. several people that that see it, and maybe they're the ones that did no. get it wrong, or maybe no. we're the ones that got it wrong and they got it right. Yeah, you know, you, I think it's you, clear enough. You should but, you should maybe visit some more churches. Um, oh, you don't I you don't do a lot, but you know. There, there are if you if you think there. that everybody in those churches agreed with the stated views you have on killing you haven't you haven't talked to a lot of people well i'm just saying that's majority, just not true i think the majority no not the majority no well just war maybe on that subject and i would have that's to look to i'd have to look to see what that subject is but on yeah. on the general subject of killing no way for instance just on the question of abortion this is not the abortion show that's next week but just on the subject of abortion, uh, you have a pretty close split uh, on uh, what Christians think about abortion, whether it is uh, okay or whether it's a sin. And I think uh, as of now, the split is that more Christians are in favor of, uh, of abortion than not. I don't uh, know it, about that, man. <laughs> I would well, have to okay, see your when's data. the last time you when's when's the last time you looked up data on that? Because it hasn't I been that long for probably... me. Probably. Probably, I want to say probably around 2008, not 18, probably about seven, 2017, probably. Okay, well, and Andrew's in the chat here, and he's going to be moderating uh, next week's discussion. So, Andrew, make a make a note. <laughs> we'll maybe, have to pull some can... data here. We'll have to pull some data so we yeah. can we can actually hash that out. But, yeah, yeah I, I um, think this horse, I don't think we're going to get any further because I, I don't think we have any evidence. Either of us have any evidence right now to present. Well, I could, but if you see, it doesn't even matter if it was, you know, just slightly percentage more Christians in, uh, against abortion. It's very close uh, to the middle, one way or the other. It may even be a margin of error, but the, the point that I'm making is it shouldn't be close. It, and the fact that it is means that you are wrong about there being this mass agreement on the subject of killing. The same that, thing is true with I suicide. And I don't Suicide, know if I am. Euthanasia, um, all of these issues are hotly disputed 
in the Christian yeah, world. Bro, I don't even think no matter how clear you get, some people are and groups of people are always going to see things the way they want to see them. But we're not and, just talking about some handful of and, uh, and we're people. Gonna, we see that the with side. the Constitution. We see that with the Constitution. We see that uh, uh, with our with our uh, our Supreme Court justices that say, "Oh, this is what the Constitution means." Oh no, this is what the Constitution means. I mean, do we we need clarity there too? Then everything needs clarity. Then and what? How much clarity are we going to get? How much is going to be reasonable for us to make a reasonable? A decision on what certain things that we read mean. Yeah, I think well, your your constitution analogy is just wrong because we do have a Supreme Court, whether you like the Supreme Court or not, who can make judgments on constitutionality. That's uh, that's yeah, their and job. They all and they all have a different view of the constitution. Yeah, but and but what that, it means. The, we have a <laughs> we have a mechanism for solving those issues. Not there really, is there because, is no mechanism. Another judge can come and and turn it around and say, "Oh no, this is what it meant." <laughs> so well, there's mean, there's a there's a very difficult process to overturn a and Supreme the reason, Court decision. And the reason it's so unclear, it's so unclear that we have three branches of power because we don't want one app person But we to rule do absolutely. we have the branches. Hear hear me out if you please. Yeah. Okay, we sorry. have those branches. Uh, so that there can be a solution, there can be an answer to those debates. Now, whether you like the answer or not, there's a, there's a policy in place to resolve them. There is no such setup for figuring out biblical disputes among Christians. And so when it comes to the matters uh, that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks about killing, you can't point to the what the Christians say because the Christians say they're on both sides at about equal portions on a bunch of these issues, which you will see. And so there, there is no Supreme Court of the Christians to say, no, actually, this is the right policy. Now, if you're Catholic, uh, the Pope, he can do it, but I don't think you're Catholic. Sorry, David, I was writing something down. Um, I don't. I think you got the analogy wrong there that you were trying to use with the Constitution because just because someone overrides and there's a solution to make new things, it's still not solving the problem of what it actually meant and what how it was supposed to be uh, carried out and how the framers. Right, but we do have what 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 and you would call is, a final court of arbitration. And the thing is, we have uh, the Christians have orthodoxy, I and mean, we have our own councils that that have decided things like this. Now, when it comes to your idea that saying, "Hey, every Christian's divided," I don't think that that divide is as big as you say it is. So we'll have to look it up. We'll have to get different data. We'll have to break down that data and see why they they think this way and see what the actual statistic ask them to see where they got their answers so i mean these things have to be taken all by a case-by-case basis and this is all i'm asking is take it by case by case basis okay see well, what, what's, somebody what statistics would you accept uh pew research is that good for you they're, I they're, they're a secular the group break it down i would break all of them down i would okay. love to break Do, all of them down are you are you okay uh, with the barna, barna group there barna okay is a christian barna. uh you're I'm okay, okay with, with Barna. Barna. I'm okay. okay with Pew. I'm okay with I'm bro. I'm not. I don't discriminate when it comes to data. I, I like to break all of it down. So okay. Well, I do. We I we have a lot of problem in the um in the on the discussion board. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Whenever an atheist puts out uh something that's statistical from one, two, or three sources, the Christian comes back and says, "I don't agree with those statistics." 
And so I just want to see if we can head some of that off now by figure by figuring out well which which groups do you respect? Oh, oh, well, I, yeah, I respect all the I respect most a lot of those groups. Uh, what disqualifies a group from that 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 thing is is how how they came about the statistic. Uh, Pew could have something totally wrong uh, because people aren't aren't uh, immune to error. Okay, so but you're not going to just automatically discount oh, no. it just because it's pew. Oh, no. pew. Okay, Absolutely. all right, that's good. That's and fine. If, if, um, if there's if there's anybody that does it, they're not being intellectually honest. I don't think. So I, I kind of agree. So, uh, guys in the uh, chat room, uh, you'll have your turn at Mike. You've got a little bit of homework to do. Um, <laughs> so let me let me move down my uh, list of initial questions here. Um, to uh, to see where some more of the disagreement is because we're we're going to be coming upon some of the problems that we're going to get to and I I want to I won't solve them today but I at least want to point them out uh, so that flag them for uh, future conversations um, the prohibition uh, to never shed innocent blood. Uh, I think that's one of the things that God um, hates, hands that shed innocent blood. You would agree with that, yes? Yeah. Okay. So how should I understand certain things? I, I kind of feel like I know how you're going to answer this, but I just need to put it out there for the record. Okay. Um, how do you feel about situations in the Bible, such as the 10th plague, uh, where all of the firstborn of Egypt were indiscriminately uh, killed. Uh, some of those most certainly innocent children. Well, uh, there's 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 a few few answers I think theists give on that. Um, I think one of them is obviously judgment is is uh, is taken out, and not only that, but uh, None of us are guaranteed. I mean, even Jesus says this, and you know, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. God is the giver and taker of life, my friend. So he, you know, we're not to shed innocent blood. God can take and give life if you know in do any way he he chooses. You know, he can just come down and take someone's life or any time he chooses. So I, I you know, as far as as far as matters of life and death and God having control over that since he's the giver anyway i i don't really have an issue on that end okay so i do have some follow-up there but i just want to be sure because this sounds like another one of those um special pleading moments to not me if god, and, not if god is 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 real well but well you know <laughs> even if god is real I'm, I'm just assuming that for for your answer here uh it sounds like special pleading because you're saying well we can't shed innocent blood but god can shed as much innocent blood as he wants to well, yeah, he's God. He's, so why? He's so what is about God? Blood. He's taking. He's taking. Is it, is it innocent blood or not? Another. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. He he's he didn't he's just he didn't just uh, gently uh, lift the innocent people away from there so that they didn't have to face the violence. He sent a stupid angel of death who could only read bloody signposts to uh take his sword or whatever it was and slay whoa, whoa 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 where do you get slay and all that stuff how do you know how the angel conducted the the taking of the firstborn well what do you think where does he, that do? say you think he talked him to death he could have i don't okay 
say. I don't know. If if the conversation was like this, that would be uh, cruel and unusual punishment. Well, like too. he could just he, he so. could just take a, he could just have taken their souls to heaven, man. I don't know how it worked. And you got to remember all those firstborn. You're talking about firstborn men, women, and 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 children. So he could have taken them any any way that that he did. It just doesn't say. We don't know. From what but, I, but what he, I always but, remember, but these, I always, but these people were killed, were they not? They were alive. They were, the angel came through, and they were dead. They were taken it's, from this realm of life to the next. Absolutely. Okay, wait a minute. Were they killed or not? Let's not. Let's not. Well, what do you mean by killed at that. this point? If, you, if, if God okay. is, if God is, God takes life every day, right? What do you mean so by I mean, killed? you've got, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering here is like, you know, if God I takes went life in, every day. In, if I went no. in and killed all the firstborn of a village, okay. would, would, would I be guilty of killing? Yes, you would be a monster. Would I be guilty of taking because, innocent because, blood? Yes, you could be. Okay, but if, God, but if God does it, then it's neither killing if, nor if taking God innocent comes blood. Down, if God comes down and takes, takes people away and takes their life, he has that right. He's God. He's in a whole different category than we are. We're, we're just okay, but that is, that in is, his image. He that can is resurrect exactly life. He has the power pleading. over life. He has the power over life. And you call it special pleading all his once. He's in a different category because he is God. Why? He is wait the a giver and taker of life. Wait, wait a minute. He gives it. He takes it. What? It's his. It's, it's in his hands. We are his in the end. So it is impossible so for God having... to. It is impossible for God to murder because. He can just slay anybody he wants to whenever he wants to because he's God. Is that what I'm hearing? I think I think if God I think it would be unjust for God if he took someone's life and annihilated them and they were absolutely innocent of any crime. Okay, so what crime do you believe I think that that the smallest children in Egypt were guilty of? What were they guilty of? I have no idea. I wasn't in their hearts. What or could their they minds. possibly? All I have know been is gu- that. Uh, all I know. Hey, hey, hey. All I know is that from what I read in the entire whole Old Testament, if there were just ten righteous people in Egypt, then God would have spared them. Okay. If they would have repented and turned, they would have been the, spared. The babies had nothing to repent of. Why were they killed? Uh, I, I don't see where it says any baby at the time was was there i don't know exactly how this really because we're talking every firstborn yeah yeah so so you think that alive, only applied to people who were old enough to commit sins well i mean you also got to look at it i mean i'm know, just trying is, to figure out your head canon yeah, absolutely, here because absolutely it would apply to people of an age of a of some sort of a accountability or, okay so or, you're saying that the so babies in egypt would not have been killed even if, if they, they were firstborn first, i don't know i don't know I, I don't i don't have a tally of how many P- egyptians died because and, and it's it's died. funny how you don't know this but everybody knows what the story means when it says all of the first firstborn would be killed and it was a judgment but, but, it was a corporate judgment on it all, and, okay i'll go the, the the other route okay let's let's say he did take take their lives he did take all the babies' lives too. Wouldn't they be ushered into heaven at that point? Uh, by some stories, although by Chris mm-hmm. Date, who is uh, a were, darn sight smarter than both you and me, thinks not. Well, he believes in soul sleep, I think, but I'm not sure if he's changed that or not. Also, um, 
it's not Brian Blaze. Uh, Andrew, uh, open your mic long enough to tell me the person I'm thinking of. Dave, no, you can close it. I got it. Dave Pegg. Dave Pegg had him on um, earlier this season. Uh, he is a, uh, a Christian minister. Uh, he teaches in the uh, public schools in uh, Britain. Uh, and he also believes that children uh, can can go to hell uh they you know he's got some fairly harsh views these are nice people these are smart people yeah they disagree with you absolutely they come from a different view on predestination and so forth and i'm not entirely sure why you listen to your opinion (laughs) why are you listening to theirs then well they (laughs) look i'm 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 simply trying to to say why don't you listen to both of our opinions be open-minded and say okay i'm doing my best but i have no way of determining who's right between you and them (laughs) well you know you're not going to get if if you're looking for someone to answer all your questions in life i just don't know where you're going to look because i'd I'd love to find someone who could answer any of them uh at this point uh but sure uh, what we have just because we disagree is, doesn't mean we're wrong. What either. we have is God taking innocent blood, and you ultimately saying God can take any innocent blood he, he wants to because he's his. Why is why is it okay for God to kill? Why is it okay for God to, to take life? Uh, to kill? Why is it okay? Just say kill, because that's what it is. If it's okay for God to kill, he's taken people from one plane of existence to another it's his priority it's his is right. it killing is or not power of life wait a minute wait a minute is it killing it because this is one of those places where i was doing some issue spotting and i thought there might be some prevarication here and here here we go does is god killing or not well that's why i said i mean are, he's taking them from this world to the next so is that killing in some way shape or form is are they that, lying in some way shape or form is that so killing what, is God. Does God does kill? You mean by kill? Is it a <laughs> cessation of existence or not? So we're going to get there. Um, so sure, this is this is what I'm. This is the kind of insanity I'm talking about. Um, you, you, <laughs> you, you think that we're talking about the same thing, and we're really not when it gets right down to it. Um, so uh what i'm getting from you though is that the idea of killing bad for humans good for god uh can we judge any of god's killings even though it seems to go against all of the moral rules he gave about killing well no because he's god and he can do whatever the hell he wants because he's god um and when god does it heck we shouldn't even call it killing because it's just god transitioning one a person from one state to another so if I were to kill somebody, wouldn't I just be transitioning them from one state to another? Uh, your pro your your prohibition is because life is not yours to take. But it but so it doesn't matter. The- I'm not really taking anything. I'm just transitioning a person from one state to another. Yeah, but you're not allowed because God has given you the duty not to. But but would you but it's it's not killing though is it if i'm just transitioning them from one state to another well again again you're not allowed to do that so it would be killing on your uh um on your behalf so it's killing for me only because i'm not allowed to but when god does it it's not not allowed you're not allowed to take somebody's uh life here you're not you've been commanded not to okay Let's um... also also what I was going to bring up here too that I just left my mind uh, is 
yeah, go, go ahead. Move on to the next because I don't have, I don't, I don't have a thought. Okay, I'll I'll just jump down to the end of my list here. We can, we haven't actually got into the blog post yet. I I'm going to reserve a little bit of time for that. Um, we're yeah we're we're getting down to it. I know you've got a hard stop, which is why I'm pushing through some of this. So, um, who owns my life now? It seems to me that you have a worldview uh, that says God is not just the giver and taker of life. He's the one who actually owns the life. And that my life really isn't mine, and your life really isn't yours. It all belongs to God. Is that correct, or am I misreading you? Well, yeah, I, I think ultimately, yes. Uh, there's obviously things that He bestows on us, like the freedom of the will and so forth. I mean, at least that's from my opinion. Okay, but. But as far as now having I'm confused. Like complete autonomy, uh, well, just ownership. Like I, I tend soul, to think that so. I own myself. Uh, I think that you know, self ownership is important. Uh, self possession, if you will. Uh, I am my own possession. Uh, you don't believe in self possession, though. If I'm hearing you right, you believe that life belongs to God and it's God's possession. Is that correct? I think life is God's possession, yes. Okay, so the life I am living now actually belongs to God and not me. I think, yeah, I think the life you're living now is all is your purpose is to live for God. And because no, no, that's different. Out of that. I don't I don't mean who I'm living for. I just mean the owner of my life. Who who gets to um say whether i must live another day or whether i can die today who who gets to say that because that that would be a matter of ownership uh, um, I, think, I think god is the one that ultimately determines when you live and die can yes that's his priority i see but he won't stop us from taking life either not always, I don't think. Yeah, Do you think he I, does I think he sometimes? Yeah, I think he can intervene. I, I believe in miracles and so forth and providence. So this confuses me a little. Um, if God steps in to stop some lives from being taken because those lives belong to him, why doesn't he stop all humans from taking lives? Because that's God's action. Um, um, so why would he, why would he, fact, for the simple fact is that he says, you know, uh, you, you know, every day is a mercy. So, um, yeah, I, I think every day is a mercy. We're not guaranteed another day. The fact that we get another day is mercy. Okay. Um, you get this one. Now. Okay. Yeah. I'm so I'm trying to wrap my mind around the what I think your idea is. Um I'm trying not to strawman your idea. Um sorry, uh your your guys in the chat uh uh are trying to debate me as well, so it's it's kind of hard to keep up right now. So that's that's okay. I 
I'm glad the they're I'm, I'm glad they're there to give you some an excuse <laughs> because, because you well, you I mean, could use one. Um, I that's think you okay. could use one. I don't think you're getting the whole concept of of sin and evil at that point. Well, so, but I I don't get the concept of God owns God, my life. So if I don't sorry, believe in you know, a God, how would I? How would you don't I... have to believe in them if, if it is true. If it's not true, then you're right all day, David. Like I said, you're right okay. all day. In, in my opening, I said you're right. If I'm wrong, you are right, 100%. Your life is your own. There is no intrinsic value. That's it. You're right, 100%. Okay. If I'm wrong, so, you're right. So let's just look at that then very briefly. It's a, it's a subject that will come up a lot, uh, which is intrinsic value of life. Uh, so you mentioned this in your opening statement. Um, I, I want to let most of that stand. Um, and if you don't mind, uh, send me a copy of it or, or put it on the board um, and uh, let people have it so that they can read it alongside my uh, blog post. So um, let's, let's discuss just a moment about the intrinsicness of the value of life. Um, what gives life intrinsic value to you? How, how do you understand that? God placing his image on us. Okay. So does do other animals besides humans have intrinsic value? Not the same way. Well, do they have any? I'm not 100% sure. I, I don't know where I stand on the whole animals have intrinsic value type thing i think i think to a degree in my opinion to a degree they have worth and value because they are uh living creatures that god made so i think we have to treat them good and love them and uh eat them when we have to it's like <laughs> but uh no no uh i do think that they there is some value there to animals but okay, I, I haven't then, come down on a solid side on that yet then it so. it so this is this is why it's important when i ask what gives humans value you said because god placed his image on us or or yes. some d derivation of yes. that um and when i ask you if humans had value you had to say you're not sure because Humans? you would i mean i'm sorry animals other animals, oh, animals yeah. because because god in your mind has not placed his image on them is that correct for the most part yes and so um if it's not for god placing his image on us would we have any more valuable than other animals in your opinion no it, it would be the same. So you could then understand why a person who does not believe in God would also not believe that there is a difference between the intrinsic value of humans and, say, capuchin monkeys. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see why you would say that. Yeah. Yeah, and and you would agree with that, right? If there is, yeah. if if it's not for God placing His image on us. We wouldn't actually have this intrinsic value that you think we do now. Correct. That's very interesting. Um, that's that that leaves a lot of doors open that I I think I'll just let dangle there um, for the other participants in the discussion to listen to. But I I do find it 
kind of interesting. So what do you, what is God's image exactly? Um, Man, bro. Well, I'm trying to pinpoint a, this value. I don't have a list of, of the Imago Dei. <laughs> okay, but so is it that hard? Lot, I mean, I think, it's because no, you seem to be. I think there's a lot to it. I don't want to misspeak. Uh, I think part of it is our rationality, our our ability to uh, uh, rationalize the way we do, to uh, understand all and beauty, to communicate with God. So I don't know. Okay, so I think it deserves at least, it's a fair question because you're saying that the reason I'm wrong and the reason my position is so scary is because I don't see humans as having intrinsic value. And you're saying the reason humans have intrinsic value is because of your Imago Dei. So when I ask, well, what is the Imago Dei? you de demur <laughs> and um well, I, like i said i think that they uh humans have it because they've been placed with that image of god on them i, I don't think and you're right but we've got to we've got to then be able to unpack what on earth that is you think is a difference so uh, well i've given you three three okay three well examples i don't have but those examples list. those examples don't really help and here's why i'll just put Sorry. it in the form of a question Sorry. what do you what do you think humans can do that uh, other animal that no other animal can do. I don't think they can rationalize like we can. You don't think don't that think there is can, any other seen, animal. I've never can, seen any other animal art be an architect and build construction sites. And you'd ever seen a bird and, nest. Never seen. Oh, of course, I've seen a bird's nest. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah they're um, not so, near as intricate as like the Gothic cathedral. Okay, look, a, yeah. a bird's nest may not be as intricate as a Gothic cathedral, but I couldn't make a bird's nest. Why not? So I can't make a Gothic cathedral. Well, learn how. But I also can't make <laughs> you have a bird's nest. the ability to learn how, just, but the bird doesn't have the ability to learn how to Well, I'm just saying, humans, make... no, 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 not no, no, no. all humans can build point. cathedrals. Our, Furthermore, not all humans can learn to build but cathedrals. But we have the capacity. We have the capacity to do so. Not the all humans. Not. not. The bird does not have that capacity. But they have the capacity to build some pretty elaborate nests. And once again, they can build okay, nests I, that I, I don't know nest, how to build. Every nest I, I have seen is about the same thing. It just might vary in size. So I don't know what you're trying to get. I think that's a bad argument. We probably should just move on because it's a bad argument. Well, if you're saying that somehow architecture, ar architecture is somehow the thing that separates it, uh that that gives us imago day and i'm not i'm not seeing there's this that ration that like i said there's a whole rationality our ability to, well, to be in relation well wait hang on how sophisticated uh, does the architecture have to be so that you can say oh that person has the imago to be day reason with uh moral intuition and so forth so i mean well so when our ancestors lived in mud huts uh you took offense to that earlier um, when our ancestors, I, was with you. I understand and I appreciate it, but when they lived in mud huts, was that a sign of the Imago Dei? Because you, you seem oh. to be, you're saying that, well, we got fancy architecture today, so that means God. And yeah, when I'm they, not when they that. Those guys that lived in those mud huts built pyramids, man. I mean, that's pretty wild. Those pyramids uh, are The amazing. very first humans didn't build pyramids, but yeah, if, at some point we well, figured out how. To your, uh, according to your, uh, I, I, well, I would agree with you. I don't think the first humans built pyramids either. I think they lived Thank in Thank you, garden. but they were still I think human. they lived in a garden, so uh, yeah. Okay. They communicated with God. But, so. they still, but they still had some imago. So tell me again something that you think the animals 
can't do that we can that that represents this Imago Day because I, I am I not said, seeing. I it. think they have the ability to appreciate beauty. I don't. I, I you do you know, believe that no animals have the ability, have the ability to, to appreciate have beauty? aesthetic appreciation? Yeah, I don't. I don't okay. think they can comprehend it with with their uh, with the front of their. Equal, uh, or the, I'll their, I'll I'll leave there. that to the experts and yeah. um, I mean you, the, you'd have the people to, in the comment commenters too. I disagree with that. I, I definitely believe in human exceptionalism, so I, I do believe that humans are pretty exceptional when it comes to things like that that no other uh, animal has been able to display. So the fact that we create machines that drive down roads okay, at but varying speeds. I mean, no other animal can do that. They what, why? So I believe in human no, exceptionalism too, and that there are things that we- Why are you uh, arguing with me? <laughs> well, but, I, but I believe it in a very different way than you. For the sake of you. arguing. No. Well, hear, well, hear me out so that you can not, not fall into any traps that are, that are out there. Um, human exceptionalism simply being that there are things that we can do that maybe some other animal who, for instance, doesn't have opposable thumbs, can't do. There are some things that um, animals with a large frontal cortex can do that animals with a smaller frontal cortex can't do. Uh, so there are some things that dogs can do that cats can't do. There are some things that cats can do that dogs can't do. Every animal species has some form of exceptionalism uh, if it didn't, it probably wouldn't be a separate species. So that said, I am not getting from you what specific human skill you think sets us apart that represents, so that's God's image. And why would you say that's God's image? I could easily say a cat's ability to climb a tree uh, as fast and as easily as they can do is God's image because humans can't do that. We can't do it to save our lives. We're never gonna be able to do it as well as your most humble house cat. Uh, so why can't I say that is uh, a sign of the Imago Dei? And how is your uh, saying, well, these bit of exceptions, this is Imago Dei. How, how do you justify that? Well, I, I think that my worldview speaks to that. I, I believe that, I believe in the accuracy and the reliability of the Bible. And I believe that the Bible separates us in that way i believe the story of the bible so my worldview and my starting point is totally different than yours so of course you can look at that and say oh well a cat is more exceptional because it can scale a tree better than a dog but okay i, I don't know what, what else you want me to answer i, I well but you I, just said that humans are more exceptional than birds because we could build fancy architecture and they can only build dumb the nests way we rationalize i said through our moral intuition the fact that we're moral agents uh, uh, animals um, have moral agency you can you can see it in their behavior i i don't agree with you but that's that's okay we would have to get okay. the so i'm just on once again i'm trying to understand i believe animals are amoral so I would have to, we would have to uh, look at some studies on that as well. Then. All right, crew, uh, that's, that's more of your homework. So far, I'm not hearing a, a Christian view of life that is sensible to me. Let's close, uh, let's close here. I know that you said um, 2.30 and we're, we're getting that now. So let's, let's close with this. We'll get into a, a little word bit of prayer. Of let's go, come on. <laughs> not this time. Um, we will... 
Such violence. Uh, we will get into um, a Time little bit kill, of blood coast <laughs> this way. Um, I had a, oh yeah, life, life and death. Uh, so we've touched on some of this a little bit, but I want to just um, do a little bit more of this because this is another one of these issues that I spot. Um, when does life begin for you? And I don't even mean in an abortion argument kind of way. I mean, you as a Christian, do you think that souls are alive before they are born? I believe there's a soul as soon as conception happens. So when that okay. egg drops, and that's what I consider conception. That's what most embryologists do as well. So, Okay, so you don't think that the souls pre-exist uh some in some <laughs> symbiote pond in <laughs> on uh on a, what's it on trail <laughs> yeah well i mean how, however it works I, I i'm just i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i just yeah, want I to understand you. where you are yeah, that's where i'm at okay so uh i, I will not uh call a name <laughs> so that i am not accused of misrepresenting a point of view but let me just say um you know one of one of my favorite christians uh would disagree with you strongly uh and would say that souls do pre-exist yeah i would like um, to find out where they get that from maybe i got it wrong <laughs> or maybe he got it wrong or she right uh but uh christians who are listening skeptics and seekers dot squarespace dot com do souls pre-exist human sexuality and uh the the biological process uh that's the question yes or no i really want to hear your answer on that i can show you that um during most of my church career uh souls pre-existed uh that's that that was the prevailing thought that souls pre-existed andrew you're going to be talking about this a little bit next week if you're still there turn on your mic uh for a moment because i i would love to get a small preview from you on this okay what uh, was the question do souls pre-exist the sexual act um and and the biology not as far as i can tell um right no I... but from as a christian from a christian perspective oh when you were so, a Christian, what did you think? Um, originally, I thought they did. Um, but I realized later on that if they did, it put God in a really untenable position. So I changed my mind. And, and that position is this. If a, if a soul preexisted, right? Um, uh, prior to conception, they're in some state of salvation. They're uh, presumably in heaven with God or at least in some waiting place, right? Uh, then what you have God implicit in, in every soul that, that ends up in hell, is taking them out of a state of, of pre-existence, uh, probably in bliss, at least, even if they're not in heaven, even they're, if they're just hanging out in the soul machine uh, together. They're not in torture. And so uh, if, if God did have pre-existent soul, souls prior to conception, for every one of those souls that ended up in hell, God was implicit in the act of their arrival. Okay. 
Uh, you can mute your mic again. A uh, little preview from next uh, next week. I know that I will hear more about that. Brian, you're there. You don't have to if you want to. Just say uh, just say no thanks in the chat if you will. But I know that you were a Christian as well. Um, when you were a Christian, um, I'm just looking for a yes or no. Did you think that souls pre-existed uh, the biological act? Uh, yes, I would have. I would have affirmed that when I was a Christian. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That that was. I don't. I. I won't say that I never met anyone who thought otherwise, but it really? would. It would definitely have been a minority view, uh, uh, David. So I. I am curious uh, now about the audience what they think. So here's here's the problem with souls pre-existing with life pre-existing before biology. If life pre-exists before biology, then we're not talking about the same thing when we're talking about life at all. Um, we're talking about something completely different. Um, so I cannot separate the idea of life from the biological act. And, the, and when I have talked to Christians about this in the past, uh, and I assure you I have, um, what they would do is point me to Bible passages like the following. Look, I was guilty of sin from birth. Sinner, the moment my mother conceived me. Now, for David, uh, he points to conception, but he says he was a sinner from that moment. <laughs> so in order to be a sinner at that moment, you have to have some kind of something more than uh just being alive in order to be considered a sinner. And then Jeremiah, uh, he, he says this, before I formed you in your mother's womb, this is God speaking, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I, sit, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. This is before Jeremiah was born he was chosen and appointed. Um, and so Christians use these uh, two passages, uh, especially when they're defending something like abortion. This is a very common Christian argument. So Russell, you're, you're telling me that you are not familiar with this? No, no, I, I, I've never seen anybody use it in that way. Uh, I, I don't think that's what the text is, is saying at all. And especially after studying those type of texts, I, I pretty much, I've I've kept that conclusion because I think the evidence is best uh, that fits best that way. I don't think that there's any warrant for somebody saying that that implies the existence of a skull. I would think that would be more eisegesis than exegesis, if you ask me. Okay, well, go onto YouTube and look, click on any video oh, where Christian's talking. I want to see. I, <laughs> yeah. I would love to see where they get that justification. Yeah. I won't. I won't even put anything in the. Uh, j just randomly click. You, you'll you'll run into it. But that that is the common line, um, for Christians. And so the last question on that uh, front. So there there is going to be some commonality with you throughout this on what life is, uh, perhaps possibly, uh, although when you say it comes from God um and belongs to god I, I i think that we still have some disconnect on what we mean by life but what what is death for you so that's that's my last uh question 
uh, in this. So a common Christian argument, so you at least see where the weeds are before you step in. Uh, it would be a, a biblical passage that um, I didn't bother uh, marking out, but it uh, talks about um, the soul being separated from the body uh, and this being death. And what, what Christians tend to talk be talking about when they talk about death, in my experience anyway, especially when they're talking about it theologically, is as you try to do earlier in the show and say, well, it's not really death, it's just a transition uh, from one state, from one life state to another. Uh, so do you believe that there is ever a point where conscious humans stop being conscious humans? Of existing, uh, no, uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure what the annihilate, like I told you, I was still kind of seeking that, and I haven't really dived too much into the right. whole. Well, you, you're going too far though, if you're thinking about annihilation, I'm just thinking about from this life to whatever you think the next one is. No, I think humans transition from one plane of existence to another, okay? So, this is one of the reasons why I use a very loaded terminology when describing Christianity, I uh, call it a denial of death cult. Because it is a it is a uh, cult that literally, as you've heard my co-host say, deny the fact that death is a real thing. <laughs> it, so they're not just saying, "Oh no, death is not a big deal." Well, death wears your thing. It's you know you don't really die. <laughs> There's you're only transitioning um, from one life form to another life form, uh, but you're always you, uh, and so. This is, I can assure you, not yeah, and you know, what... you the you know the theist, you know the theist does what they think about life and death is life in relation to God and so forth, right? Well, but that you're kind of but it's still it's conscious death existence is being is is being yeah, and that's the thing is like there are obviously different definitions of what the Christian right, but and you think the death. conscious existence continues, and yeah, that, so. that is exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm not misrepresenting you. Yeah, oh, um, I, I was just I was just okay. seeing if if you're aware of the other stuff too, if you were going to add that in, or if you just had a singular point with that. Yeah, no, I would I would simply say that what one of the reasons where the one of the places where there will be a disconnect is I believe that death is death. Um, it is not life continued it is the end of life and so when people talk about what happens after death i hear a fundamental disconnect it's an oxymoronic question what happens after death if anything happens after death you didn't die <laughs> so um that's that's the thing it's like asking well uh, what was i before i was born well you were nothing before you were born. Um, you know, de so death, I, I often describe it this way. Death is the exact same state that you were in exactly a year before your parents met. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. There's no, there's, there's no floating around in some existential goo wondering when you're going to be born and, uh, you know, all the things you're missing out on. You weren't here. And, and when you die, you're not here. You, it, it's a cessation of life. It's not simply a uh, shedding of skin. Uh, you know, snakes, when they molt, they don't die. <laughs> they just shed their skin. And Christians talk about death as if we're just molting. Um, that's not the case. Uh, and so 
when you talk to a secular person or a scientist or, uh, you know, we get into some of these moral issues about life and death, um, if, if you think death is, you know, molting your skin and moving on to the next iteration, we're having a very different conversation. Right. Absolutely. So, um, since this is just a kind of an introduction to the topic, I'm going to let that serve as introduction. Uh, I will uh, mention some of the topics that we'll, we will be discussing, the six topics, but I can remember them off the top of my head. Um, abortion, that's next week. Uh, Andrew, uh, Darren, Teddy, uh, Russell. Uh, I will I will make my plan is to make a recorded opening statement uh, and just have it played on the show. I'll also do a separate write up on abortion. Uh, that show will go as long as it goes, but that will be the only show that deals with a single topic. I think it's that important. So um, and I think it's uh, important enough so that I'm not on it. Uh, so we're going to we're going to do abortion next week. And then among the other topics in no particular order that I mentioned here, uh, self-defense war that's three abortion self-defense war um suicide Sorry, i would help you yeah that's right suicide <laughs> euthanasia euthanasia and dash it i'm gonna have to look at the list <laughs> it's okay i got it okay war yeah uh abortion death penalty self-defense suicide euthanasia war and i have a bonus seventh topic that i'm just gonna keep <laughs> um and maybe maybe mention um at the end is a wild card we'll see um and so i'm i'm gonna go ahead and make a closing statement right now and russell if you want to make a, a close after this you can uh so you can have the last word uh, this is going to be an interesting series, but one of the th things that will make it interesting is I think that we're all going to learn how differently we think about these things and how the opening assumptions uh, that we have about life and death um, really effect and infect our our thinking on these things. I think that you will be surprised, as you probably were a little bit today, at where some of the disagreements lie. Um, you know, I look at a biblical passage and I see killing and taking of innocent blood and murder, and the Christian looks at it and says, no, that's that didn't happen at all. That's not what that is. Really? Um, if we can't agree on simple words like that, I have no idea what basis we're going to agree um, when the conversation gets harder. Uh, Russell said something interesting in his opening uh, statement. Um, he has no idea how we could possibly come to any uh, agreement. I agree with that. <laughs> I have no idea how one possibly comes to an agreement when you can't even agree on what you mean when you say life and death. And you can't even understand what it means to take a life uh, or to be born or to die. 
Um, I, I don't see how we can come to those conclusions. And when we're thinking about these things scientifically, um, well, there's there's scientific thinking, there's biological thinking, okay, that's that's one way we can do it. And there's just kind of a, a fantasy-based way of thinking. And the fantasy-based way of thinking is to kind of kind of think like a child on this. Well, you know, life, we, we were always alive in the stork. Uh, they came and delivered us, um, you know, to our mummy's tummy or however storks do the delivery. Um, but, you know, you're here. You've always been here in some way or another. Uh, and when a child encounters death in some way, one of their friends or some member of the church or a grandparent, uh, or maybe one of their little friends uh, who die tragically because little ones die too. Uh, well, they no, they're not dead, honey. God, God needed another angel. They just got their wings. This is fantasy-based thinking. If you if you just progress this to the way Christians think as adults, it sounds a lot like the fantasy-based thinking that they that they give their eight-year-olds. It's not. It's not rational. And so I have no idea how to have a conversation on abortion with someone who believes that we were possibly sinners before we were born. <laughs> you know, this is this is not rational anymore. Uh, we have no point of contact. Um, and so I have no idea how that conversation is supposed to proceed. Um, I don't know how we're supposed to talk about something as emotionally sensitive as suicide and euthanasia when the christian says i don't care how miserable your life is your life doesn't belong to you you don't you don't get to make those decisions that's not your life it's not yours um you'll hear a little bit more uh next week when i do a, a comment on abortion but i i so i just i just wanted wanted to take this show to point out where some of the pitfalls were and to introduce some of the foundations of this. And I think that where we end up with is, this is gonna get really weird before it's over. <laughs> and I can't wait to see it. Uh, Russell, you have the last word. Yeah, this was fun, man. I, I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your, your challenging me in, in certain areas that I haven't looked into in a while as well. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know where we'd go either. You know, if you're going to, if David's going to sit there and uh, dis our, dismiss our worldview out of hand, then I don't know where we could go. Instead of trying to understand each other, he just dismisses it in a way. But he's still having the conversation anyway. So maybe we can help him understand. So as Christians, I hope that everybody's ready to come on as as we get into this time i think we laid out a lot of the issues and our thoughts on it and i don't think that people that are christian should be disqualified from having a rational discussion uh i think these philosophies and stuff about life and worldview have been around for ages and if we had that mentality from early on we would never be where we are today so until then, I'm signing off. David, it was always fun. Uh, thanks again for having me, guys. And yeah, I'm uh, out. Tell them, tell them where 
tell them where Pora can be found because uh, you got good stuff going on Pora. You're yes, uh, to, losing David Pullman. We all love yeah. David Pullman. Yeah, so, David's um, moving on. He's uh, moving uh, PRA on YouTube. Uh, you can also get see us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're about to open the Twitch to get us on there. I don't know why, but I'm going to try. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, proselytize or apostatize, that's the name of the show. Uh, we're actually having a really good show later on today about autism because it is Autism Awareness Month. Uh, next week, we'll have Hugh Ross on. So that will be fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about weather and climate change because we're not climate deniers. Okay. Not all Christians think that climate change is fake. Okay. Well, you yes. do me a favor and ask Hugh for, for your old buddy, Dave. Ask you about uh, lights in the sky and little green men. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Would you uh, Would you do that? I for can't me? already sent my questions out, but uh, <laughs> maybe for a fun question, I can I can ask him about that. Anything specific yeah. there? <laughs> I think anything having to do with it would just uh, be a good time had by all. Because uh, look, I used to be a real Hugh Ross fan. Uh, don't let Hugh Ross listen to this part. I used to be a real Hugh Ross fan, but I uh, unfortunately came to the conclusion that I think Hugh Ross is is cracked. Um, I've I've seen him uh, in interviews on his on his book um, "Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men." I think that's the order of it. Maybe it's "Little Green Men and Lights in the Sky," but um, you can you can easily find it in uh, fine bookstores everywhere. He uh, believes in um, he believes that aliens. Uh, alien abduction stories only about one or two percent of them are real but he does believe that some percent of them are real but it's not aliens it's demons crashing to earth um in spaceship like form but just just it's an interesting the book for me. He's, he you know he bases that off a uh uh a paris uh, a writer from Paris, uh, he uses it in that. So I, I, I would have to look up his name, Jacques something. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. yeah. We have him on next week on PRA. So you're familiar with his theories, though, right? I am. I am. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. So we're gonna, I, I, you know, we're gonna have that for Autism Awareness Month. Tune in. We're gonna discuss why uh, or how autism affects faith. Should be fun. Um, I've got two guests, our friend Aaron Burnett and Nick Peters. So, yeah, join us then. No, oh, good. That's a very important subject. Thank you. And uh, to everyone out there, we will see you next week. Next week, abortion, Teddy, Darren, Andrew, Russell. See you then. <laughs>